This is the Horse Radio Network. You've just landed in episode 567 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is brought to you by EquestrianCollections.com, where you'll find brand name products at great prices for every season. Hi, Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is from me, Coach Jen, and my good buddy from the Stable Scoop show, Helena B. We'll be getting together every so often to chat about those nifty little tips that pop into our heads at odd times and then just smolder in the back of our minds, causing focus deficits during work hours. Today's tips are random thoughts and interesting ideas on hay and other stuff. But first, a word from today's sponsor, Equestrian Collections. EquestrianCollections.com has everything for the horse lover, from A to Z. Ariat footwear to Zox socks, Amigo blankets to Zilco strap goods. They carry an astounding array of name brand products. And they offer unlimited flat fee shipping options if you're the indecisive type. Stop by EquestrianCollections.com for a world of choices delivered right to your door. Now, enjoy today's tip. This is a random tips episode, and because it's really weird talking to myself to do tips, Helena B., my best buddy and pal in the whole wide world, is here to help me out. Welcome, Helena B. Well, thank you very much. What do you mean it's, it's weird to be talking to yourself? But you well, do that anyway. <laughs> Not out loud. Yes, you do. <laughs> or maybe that's me. Oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> that do, it does slip up every once in a while you, you you know you're talking to yourself and every once in a while the volume accidentally goes up like, <laughs> i was at equine affair yesterday and you know i'm looking at all these products and i'm touching and i'm processing out loud i'm actually talking to myself out loud and the people in the booths are like what was that and i'm like oh, i'm not talking to you <laughs> <laughs> talking to my imaginary little friend here thinking out loud they're like all right move along then miss oh i'm jealous you were at equine affair yesterday <gasps> Was it awesome? It was, it was awesome because I was by myself and I had pretty much all day just to browse and really, I didn't feel like talking to anybody, you know, I didn't feel like hearing anybody spiel or mm-hmm. about their product. I just wanted to touch and feel and look. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a very relaxed approach. Like I didn't, I wasn't there because I needed anything or I had no agenda. Mm-hmm. And that made it really fun. Really. It was pretty awesome. Wow. It's nice when you can make, really make your day your own, no obligations, just don't even need to talk to anybody. That's very it relaxing. Was, it was very anonymous. There was plenty of people there, but I could just sort of float through. And I didn't even, you know how you go to these things and you're like, oh, I see so-and-so from that farm and so-and-so from the other farm. Mm-hmm. I kept my head down. I said, I really don't feel like socializing. I just want to touch <laughs> things. I did, however, try on a special riding bra, which... Really? We're going to have, we're going to do on our Tack and Habit segment. Ah, have to tune into that. Very interesting. Now, yeah. is, this, is this a standardized sports bra that a sporting goods company makes, or is this one made by somebody specifically for riding? It's made specifically for riding. Well, it, I don't want to say it's specifically for riding. It's made specifically for women who have the bouncy issue. And who doesn't? Uh, well, you know, even when you're little, like me, <laughs> you'd think that you don't have the issue until you put this bra on and you go, whoa. 
I guess I did. <laughs> I guess I did. Life is so much better when you're properly fitted with undergarments. <laughs> one of these years, one of these years, I've wanted to do this for a long time, to do what not to wear for equestrians. Totally. You know, and I want to do it for the horses, too. What not to wear for horses because, like, certain types of bridles look better on certain types of horse faces and certain types of saddle pads make certain types of horses look really frumpy. Yeah. It works for both. Um, and I've wanted to do that for years and years, so maybe someday after I win the lottery and, and I, you know, I can hire lots of people to help out. Okay. I remember not too, I don't want to say not too long ago, but a while back, I don't know if it was Practical Horsemen or there's um, the Horse Illustrated, there was a color wheel in... And it, the, the purpose of the color wheel was to show which horse colors looked good with what tack. Yeah, you, you emailed that, me, that to me. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I and, remember you telling me about that. And it was, more, you know, mostly for, I, think, I guess it's the Western Pleasure market there. Right, because I thought that was yeah. great. Well, it is. It does make sense because even in the fu- sh- show hunter world where colors are pretty limited, there are still things that go on you and your horse that can be bad choices. You know, when, when super wide nosebands were in, there are certain shapes of muzzles on horses that a super wide noseband just looks dumb. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. Um, Ooh. And little stuff like that, you know, what size braids go on their neck. You, can, you know, the, the little tiny braid does this visually and the big fat braid does this visually and stuff like that. So um, You need to do that, what not yeah. for horses. And even, yeah, definitely, like definitely do not match those britches if you're pear-shaped. Do not wear these britches. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because um, even and the cut of your boot makes a difference whether or not it has the Spanish top on it and stuff like that. You know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. So yeah. should that be another show? <laughs> yeah, we should probably get to the point, shouldn't we? <laughs> That's why it's random, folks. Random. <laughs> this is random babbling with tips thrown in. Maybe yeah, you're just going to have to sit and listen to Jen and I babble away, and then pay very close attention to the treasures that we're going to share with you <laughs> that may be included well this this today's tips are about hay nets and hay two two topics i'm very passionate about and i know you are too helena yes um this first one i'm pretty sure i got this idea from peter yes <laughs> peter when he was taking care of my horses when i was laid up after surgery yeah um lots of folks in the world use hay nets and there are lots of other folks in the world who don't use hay nets because they're a pain in the you-know-what to fill for most folks. Um, I'm, it, I'm sorry. It's just easier to chuck it over the door. <clears throat> and I, it might have been on your Facebook that I saw this. Um, Peter discovered this, or maybe Helena discovered it and told Peter how to do it. No, no. Peter discovered this one. All you on take, his own. All on his own. You get yourself a trash barrel, or probably a muck tub would work too, a clean one. And you drop your hay net into it, and... Put it in there like you would a trash bag so the edges are hanging out over. You dump the hay in, you grab the edges, and you close it up, and you're done. Yes. <laughs> Simple as that. Simple as that. Why, why did it take the um, mathematician brilliant dude to figure that out? Why couldn't we figure that out during the hundreds of thousands of hay nets we've filled over the years? You know, I think it was the different mindset. He... Uh, well, Peter's always thinking about ways. He's a problem solver by by nature. Oh, and so, you hit on it right there. You know, you we, and I. We never saw it as a problem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> For it us, just, it wasn't a problem. It was just no, what we did. To us, it was just the cost of doing business. I mean, we go into the barn and we're looking at how much water did they drink? Is anybody swollen or itchy? And and who laid down overnight or whatever? You know, so we're looking at them. And and I think the horse husband, who's sort of this temporary 
caretaker is coming in and saying, well, how can we make this process easier? Because he saw the filling of the hay net as a problem versus just, like you said, the cost of doing business. Right. Well, I remember when you first introduced hay nets to, uh, to the barn at Myopia, and we had a lot of them to fill. And oh my gosh, I was like, I can't believe I have to do hay nets. You 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 weren't real. You weren't on the boat right away. No. I didn't hate it, uh, but it was so difficult because there were just so many to do. But I was so happy. I think it was, was what forty a day? I think or thereabouts, forty or fifty a day. Yeah, it was thirty six a day. <laughs> Can you tell it left an impression on me? Yes, you had them counted. <laughs> yeah, because I did. I would have to. I would be up in the hayloft, and I would have to count them and weigh them too. Now, and weigh them too. Yes. Um, which really, honestly, that ever since then, I'm I've been a Haynet fan, a huge Haynet fan. So, um, where am I going with this? You know, so you get somebody who has a fresh perspective and comes in and says, "If I could save, you know, in other words, he's not invested in their care as we are." <laughs> so he's really looking for how can I make this less frustrating? But he knows he has to do the Haynet, or he will suffer the wrath. It's not like, oh, this is such a pain, I'm just going to throw it over the door. No, 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 no. Right. It's a pain in the neck, and I'm going to... But I think it's fabulous. The next time I have a bunch of hay nets to fill, guess where I'm going? Well, and what helps, too, is... It, see, the thing is, is I, I haven't been using it. I haven't been using that method as much as I should because our trash can has trash in it. So you actually have to have a can Des- devoted yeah. to this. A designated can. A designated can, which, you know what, if you just... Make the effort the next time you're in Home Depot or Tractor Supply or wherever you are, pick one up for whatever it is, $18. Yeah. And it will, you know, you can use it for a lot of things besides trash. You just, yeah. you know, put your hay nets in it. And- Heck, you, you, go to, you go to the Mega Box department store and the little lightweight plastic muck tubs are seven ninety five. Yeah, as long as it has something on the edges to catch the rim of the hay net, like the opening, right. it has right. to sort of secure temporarily. Yeah. Around the rim. Now, do you use um, hay nets made of nylon rope or cotton rope? I've used both. Um, and right now I'm using nylon because um, it was the, I use the small opening hay nets because. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and we're that segue into our next tip. Yes. Uh, because uh, my horse pie and many like him are, they'll just totally plow through their hay. And then yeah. they're left for the rest of the night with nothing to do. And then they get into trouble, mm-hmm. you know, even if they're, they're allowed to go in and out. So um, I use the small hole hay nets. And right now, the affordable ones only come in nylon. So I was very careful in introducing them to my horses. I know that they're pretty responsible in their stalls. Mm-hmm. I'm not too worried about them getting hung up on, on the nylon. I would prefer cotton. Um, but, but they just don't. They don't make them at it. The small holes aren't available in cotton. They're in, available in a wide variety of non-natural materials. Um, but it seems that the the weaving process to create those small holes is an automated process, and it's not actually it's not knots like you would see a cotton hay net. Those are proper little knots yes. in each little section in a in a small hole hay net, which are genuinely small. And I just got one for Beaker, and I love 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 it. Right. Um, those, they're not knotted, so to speak. They're woven right into, it's like a net more than it is, you know, it's a very different beast when I got it. I went, wow. And it's, it's stretchy. It makes me think of a, a giant nylon. Uh, yeah, they get their, <laughs> that's because that's what we started with, is um, with the cotton. And, you know, when they really want to get the good stuff, like for, for pie, he's on first cut because he's a little porker. 
So what I do is I kind of squeeze in the second cut in the middle of the first. And he can he digs. <laughs> he drills in, a hole in it, he doesn't drills he? Drills a hole and that cotton does stretch, which yes. basically defeats the purpose. So yes. Uh, you know, and uh, you know, and if it's a well-made cotton net, I don't think it's going to break any sooner. I, I don't think it's any safer than the nylon. It's been my experience that when they get hung up in hay nets, whether it's cotton or nylon, it's bad news. Exactly. It just is, regardless of what it's made of. <laughs> just plain old bad news. Exactly. Um, use them accordingly. Right. So assess <laughs> your horse's personality, stall yeah. personality, hay net yeah. personality before you hang any net. Yeah, hang in yet. Um, luckily for me, like your guys, Beaker is, is reasonably mannerly in his stall when it comes to that kinds of thing. Um, but I do have to make sure I hang it high enough that it doesn't droop once it's empty. Um, but I was I was really um, a little like, really, it's going to slow him down that much. But it really did help because he's a porker too, like pie. He they're cut from the same mold. Those two, um, and it really did slow down his eating. He gets the same amount of food. But it lasts a lot longer, and that's good for both his mental health and his digestive health. So I'm thrilled to death. Mm-hmm. Before I got my small hole hay net, yes. I was taking Beaker's hay, and I just figure out something to slow him down. He can eat 10 pounds of hay in 15 minutes easy. Just inhales it. Yes. And uh, I thought, well, horses who are bedded on straw will frequently... They'll, they'll smooch around, and they'll pick out good, yummy bits of it, and they kind of graze on it a little bit to some degree or another. Some of them eat it all, and some of them just graze a little here and there, and I thought, well, give it a try. So I was taking his hay, and I would fluff it around the stall just like you would straw. The whole floor would be covered with just a very, very thin layer of hay, and that did help. At least he moved around in his stall. He'd pick through it in more of a grazing kind of a um, posture. Which did help. It didn't slow him down like the, the small hole will, but instead of 15 minutes to eat all of his hay, it would, at least would be an hour and a half and we'd walk around a little bit. Right. So it was, it was a useful technique, actually. Hmm. Yeah, who'd have thunk? Exactly. Like, you never know where this stuff is going to come from. It just sort of, you know, it, it presents itself to you. You know, it's like you see the same thing every day and then one day you see it from a very slightly different angle. Yeah. Well, I got the idea because when I first got him, um, I bedded him on straw because I'm a, I'm a straw person. I'd really rather use straw. Yep. But we have um, concrete-type floors in the barn now. And in order to bed on straw, you nearly need to put like a foot in there, <laughs> which is just uh. not practical. <laughs> um, so I knew he surfed around. He, and believe it or not, he doesn't eat 100% of the straw. He only eats 50% of it. Um, oh. And that's what kind of gave me the idea. And I thought, well, we'll give it a try. And, uh, you know, if, and, it's, and if you have a, a keeper that likes to live on straw, mm-hmm. you know, the hay they don't eat, leave it in there, let them sleep on it and use it up anyway. You know? That's what I do. I mean, yeah. you know, Zeke is, uh, I have a, the hay net for Zeke as well, but it's easier for him because he's older. It's easier mm-hmm. for him to eat it off the ground. Right. Um, and so yeah, he's kind of stiff, he's kind of stiff necked at this point in his life. He is a little stiff necked. And yeah. um, the other thing too is I, so far, I leave there the top half of his Dutch door open at night. He mm-hmm. gets locked in at night because uh, it's the only way I can make sure he gets his second cut, his good food, and pie does yeah. not. <laughs> so I leave. So Zeke stays in at night, but his Dutch door stays open. However, Mr. Fatty Pants comes over and is flexible enough to reach in through the Dutch door and stretch to get the hay neck. 
And Zeke just lets him do it. And, well, he gives him the monster face and flattens his ear and stuff, but he, he, he you know, concedes to pie. So anyway, I, at, during this time period, I've been putting it on the floor, but he, Zeke will spread it all around. Oh, he's a, bit, he's a mess, isn't he? He's a mess. He goes, I mean, he goes all around the edges. So now I just fold it into his bedding. And it's, yeah. you know, it, we have really dusty shavings. And I think that's um, something that we need to talk about in another horse tip section because, um, I mean, bedding could be its own show. But well, yeah, we'll, we'll put that on the list of random tips is <laughs> helpful hints for dusty bedding, wet bedding, no bedding, yada, yada bedding. Yeah, we'll keep that on the list. You know, but food that doesn't get eaten can certainly be slept on. <laughs> Works for me. That little babies have been doing it for centuries. Exactly. Look, there's Cheerios in Junior's bed. Yeah, sure. Um, single men between ages of 18 and 25 have been doing it for years. Indeed. <laughs> yes, I'm, I am now married to one. He was definitely of that type. Yes. In fact, you know, didn't I think he probably is just starting to get out of that phase now. He's just growing out of it. <laughs> now, now that Gracie is old enough to not do it, she's demanding that Daddy doesn't either. Exactly. She's starting to come to my side. She's she was on the dark side, and now she's starting to see the, the light that mommy views the world with. Oh my goodness! And our our third third little random tiplet for the day um, is this is another pet peeve of mine. Take a few minutes to educate yourself on what species is going into your horse's mouth. I can't tell you how many times over the years. What kind of hay does your horse eat? Timothy, brome grass. And then you look at the bale and go, mm, no, that, no. <laughs> That's not what he's eating. And it does make a difference. Um, different species of grasses have not only different calorie content, different protein content, and different carbohydrate content. And a really hot topic right now is, you know, um, simple carbohydrate sugars in your horse's diet. And the species of grass, as well as when it was harvested, does make a huge difference on what your horse is getting. So you might think you're doing your horse a favor by feeding him lots of hay because it's better than sweet feed for a horse that shouldn't be having sugar. But you might be feeding your horse a horse, uh, a hay species or grass species, with a pretty high natural sugar content. So all you got to do is go to Google Images yep. and type it in. And if you look for the photographs or the drawings that have the seed head on it as well as the leaf, um, it'll show you different pictures at different levels of maturity. That's the easiest way to tell. Um, the like seed head it. is really easy. It's when it's preceded in real early in the year, it's a little harder to tell. But do yourself a favor and get comfortable with what they look like. And when the hay guy sells you hay and you say, I want... Um, I want Timothy grass hay or I want alfalfa orchard grass hay. Um, make sure that's what you're really getting. When he shows up with a whole bunch of bales that look like they're made out of um, uh, embroidery thread, guess what? That ain't Timothy. Right. What is that? That's fescue. Fescue, right. Well, Lawn grass, basically. It's funny because I have, when you search, when you put in your Google search engine, uh, Timothy hay, it also comes up with related searches with links to um, orchard grass hay and fescue hay. So it's mm -hmm. 
it really doesn't take it doesn't take as much time to research this stuff. Oh no, as you think. But it's a good Saturday, or yeah, it's a good rainy day project. If you're yeah, saying. and with images specifically, it's so easy because it all it does is bring up pictures. If you do it on and just search the web for Timothy Hay, you're going to get a million and one um, articles on the nutrition, how to grow it. You know. Well, which is great, but that might not be really what you want. If you want to just see what it looks like so you know what you're feeding your horse, um, just hit the images button. It's, it's a real shortcut. Yes. Um, because many, many, many of us buy our hay through local farmers whose fields are frequently mixed up. There's all kinds of stuff growing in there, which is fine. Yeah. But it's nice to know what that mixed up stuff is. <laughs> it, it, and that's the, str- you know, one of the things that, one of the challenges that I found in, in, purchasing hay is that um, sometimes you have to take what they have, you know, to, mm-hmm. to a certain extent. And, and, you know, you say, gee, I would really like orchard grass. And, well, you know what? The farms that we buy from are primarily Timothy or there's a mix. Mm-hmm. And In some parts of the country, certain species of grass do not grow well. Therefore, you're not going to find it. Right. Or <laughs> the farmer that sells you uh, or the farmer that grows Timothy might have had a bad growing season. Right. And, you know, therefore the Timothy's not available. So this shipment is actually going to be mostly orchard or fescue. So, um, you know, you, you are a little bit at the mercy of your supplier. Mm-hmm. Unless you go with a national um, distribution company, for example, Lucerne or Stanley are both companies, they're, they're wholesalers technically because you buy Lucerne or Stanley Hay through a, a tack and feed supply store. Right. Um, in those cases, what they do is they grow hay in ginormous quantities in areas of the country where hay is very happy to grow, and then they ship it around to different parts of the country. And it's very common in the racing industry because those horses ship all over the, the world, and they want to keep a consistent food supply for them. Yeah. Um, but isn't which, that more expensive? It is more expensive. Um, for example, around here, if you buy directly from the farmer, you can buy, um, and we're in Lexington, Kentucky, you can buy this year in 2011 a 35 to 40 pound bale of mixed up hay mm-hmm. because locally here in central Kentucky, they don't grow um, Timothy or orchard grass. It's mixed up. Even when they say it's Timothy, it's mixed up um, for Five to seven dollars a bale, but it's a thirty-five to forty-pound bale of mixed up. When you go to a national hay supplier, where it real if it says Timothy on the label, there is nothing else in there. <laughs> it is completely, and then you can even buy it certified, so it's certified by the FDA to be a hundred percent Timothy, um, and that's which is great for people who ride at national parks because they don't want things being dragged into their facility and taking seed and overtaking the, nat- the um, native species, you're going to pay $15 and up for that 50-pound bale, which wow. is guaranteed to be 50 that's, pounds. Now, that's a topic we need to explore in more detail, probably not in a tip segment, but uh, feeding your horse a pure grass type so that it doesn't spread. Put that on your list for stable scoop. There are there's some excellent stuff. Probably the ladies and gentlemen over at the Equine Land Resource uh, Conservation. Conservation. Yes, uh-huh. those gals and guys are great. They can hook you up with some very interesting and very um, educated folks that are up to speed on the current trend there. Because there are certain parts of the country, um, 
that invasive species are a huge problem and grasses and weeds that are common in your average bale of little farm you know it's common and they just don't want that being brought into Yellowstone National Park and 20 years later they're going oh my god now what and they're really being very forward thinking about that so put that on your list i think it would be a fascinating conversation it really would be i mean i, I the pros and cons are going through my mind sure. right now at breakneck speed yeah now the now the advantage to going with a national hay supplier that can say yes your hay is 100% such or for example if you buy from one of these companies a hay that is Timothy alfalfa which is not a naturally occurring product timothy alfalfa um those two species mature at different times of the year so when you see mixed tim- mixed alfalfa hay it's generally not mixed with timothy it's mixed with orchard grass because they mature together they're ready to be cut at the same time but you can get timothy alfalfa through a chopped hay company because they harvest it first and then mix it together and it's guaranteed to be 40 percent this and 60 percent that so you create a consistency in their diet, and there are some horses that do really, really well on that. Um, certain poor doers, certain horses that lose their appetites, um, horses that travel a lot, that consistency can be really, really good for them. And again, another reason to understand and be able to recognize the differences in the different species of grass. Johnson grass, common here in Kentucky, it grows practically wild. Bad news for a horse, really shouldn't be feeding it to him. Bye. But it is baled as fodder sometimes but if i hadn't taken the time to go johnson grass never heard of that let's look it up oh dear it says right here i shouldn't be feeding that to my horse (laughs) but it was right there in a bale for agricultural use so who usually eats johnson grass cows it can be fed to a ruminants as well as horses and apparently the, the tricky part about johnson grass is depending upon when and how it is harvested it can be okay for them to eat but if the, the weather conditions were less than perfect, and I couldn't tell you offhand what perfect was, mm-hmm. it has to do with temperature and time of year and stuff, um, it can contain um, chemicals that are very bad for your horse and can cause, if I remember right, it can cause um, neurological symptoms. Okay. Um, and Johnson grass is that really, really, really tall one, and when it gets mature and gets a seed head on, it's like five feet high. Yeah, I was just, I quickly Googled it, and it says that it's native, a weed native to the Mediterranean. Which Really? Yeah. Which, Didn't uh, know that part. I mean, now this is, I can't say that the, I can't credit the source as being, you know, very credible. It's sort of just this pest control, weed control place in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does, you know, it tells you what it, it looks like, and they can get up to six and a half feet tall, yes. And um, it's really kind of, I now that I see pictures of it i'm like oh yeah i've seen that before yeah so it, take the time to at least learn the basics at least learn what's common in your area or what's common to your suppliers right. um so that when you pop open a bale you know what you're feeding when you pop open a bale you can recognize things that ooh, this is out of place i should maybe check on it um horses are generally pretty good about not eating things that are not good for them but then on the other hand <laughs> they're horses it only takes yeah it, it's it, it takes one or you know, one mistake for them. Yeah. Too. So there we go. So we're we're um we're gonna wrap the hay 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 nets and hay up for the day. Okay. Uh, thanks for listening, folks. Thanks for your input, Helena B. Oh, my pleasure. Gosh, we could keep going and going on this topic. See what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we need to control ourselves. We're the yeah. worst two people to have the freedom of, of <laughs> public radio or you know internet radio. Horse rambling daily. All right. Well, until next time. <laughs> Bye.
<laughs> there you go. To listen to all of my tips, along with Helena, just go to horsetipdaily.com and go to the experts drop down menu on the left. You can also stop by the Horses in the Morning show at horsesinthemorning.com, where I'm mostly behind the scenes taking listener calls and making an occasional snarky remark to help keep Glenn and Jamie on track. Helena B. can be found every week over on the Stable Scoop show at stablescoop.com, providing insightful commentary and delightful suggestions to the horse world. Just surf on over, stablescoop.com. And don't forget to support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they really do make these podcasts possible. Today's sponsor has been Equestrian Collections. Visit them today for a world of choices delivered right to your door. Please stop by the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page and let us know what you think of the tips you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you'd like us to cover on the show. You can subscribe to all of the great shows on the Horse Radio Network through iTunes or Zoom and get your horse podcasts automatically downloaded to your iPod, Zoom, or MP3 player. I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, go ride your horse! The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.